So you're stepping on her toes. You're paying her to do this, right? And then you're using your time that you could be using for other high leverage things. The reason why you have her so you don't have to do those things, right? And and doing that. And I'd say getting in our own way is going to look different for all of us. And it's different at different stages of business, right? Sometimes it's inaction that's causing us to get in our own way. We Oh, there's procrasta learners, right? Who just like, I need to know more. And they're constantly buying courses or listening to podcasts or audiobooks to to understand more before they take any action. Where, you know, once you start taking action, you realize the clarity comes from the action. Welcome to Become a Media Maven. I am your host, Christina Nicholson. I am the owner of Media Maven, a public relations agency, the founder of Podcast Clout, which is software that makes it easy for you to find the perfect podcast to pitch, and the content creator behind Christina All Day. Christina All Day is my little side hustle. And as you're going to hear in this episode, I helped myself to some free coaching from my friend Jacqueline Malone. And Jacqueline, um, she knows a lot. She knows a lot about branding and building businesses. And today we're specifically talking about how to get out of your own way in your business, stop sabotaging yourself, and finally niche down. And that's when we talk about Christina all day. I'm rebranding and I'm niching down, and she kind of helps me through it and talks me through some things. And I think it's going to be super helpful for a lot of people listening to hear what she has to say. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So you do a lot and you know a lot, um, and I'm not even going to try to explain it. So you tell me what you do, <laughs> tell me all of the things, and then I probably will have some questions on how you got started, and your answers to those questions will probably help my audience on how they can help build this empire that you have built for yourself. Yes, so... My name is Jacqueline Malone, and I do, I wear a lot of hats. I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, I'm also the host of the GoToGal podcast, and I help experts exponentially grow their business by becoming the go-to authority in their space. So I work with people who have an expertise, maybe they have multiple expertise, and we work on narrowing that down, but they have something that they are an expert in, but they tend to feel lost in the crowd. They're seeing other people get that recognition, get those clients, higher paying clients, sell the courses, whatever it is. They they feel like they're kind of getting left behind. And these other people who maybe are not even as good as they are what they do are the ones that are getting the, the recognition and success that they want. So I help them come from kind of behind the scenes and blending into the crowd and really make their mark as that good, the go-to gal, as I like to say. I love that. Okay. And then how did you start doing that? Cause you don't just start doing that. You don't just start doing that. I, it's funny because so in my, in my former life, I, I worked when I was working as an employee, 
I worked for all different entrepreneurs and a couple of those experiences, we actually did do work in the personal branding space or the brand was a personal brand that I was the director of marketing for that company. So I have a background in that, but you would think when I came into the online space that I would have been like, oh, okay, well that's what I'm going to specialize in and do. And I basically did the opposite. (laughs) I did not want anyone to know what I was doing. I was so afraid of failure that I really, I built a a business that had a brand and kind of hid behind it. I didn't want people who knew me in real life or those people from high school or all those people who kind of, when you're first getting started, you might be embarrassed that they're seeing your posts on the internet. That was so me. And I built this business that was a brand or I was trying to grow it at least. And it was the opposite of a personal brand. In fact, at one point I had this business and I had a pod, a, a podcast with a different name. And I was talking to someone and I was like, I know it's kind of confusing. Like, where do I start? send people like to this site or that site. And they were like, well, why don't you just get a site that's your name, you know, <laughs> JacquelineMullen.com and you can send them there and lead them to all those places. And I'm like, oh, I definitely don't want to do that. Oh, and so I knew better, but I was so resistant to it. So over, over the course of time and growing that business, what ended up happening was I grew a personal brand by accident. So okay, while I was trying on. to grow, yes. Before you get to that, how okay. were you even like, I'm, I just don't understand this because I always use, cause I came from TV when I started my business. So I used my personal brand to get clients. How were you getting clients while you were like disguising yourself <laughs> and not telling people <laughs> who you were? I just don't understand okay. how you do that. Okay. So how was that happening? I'll give you some more details. So it wasn't that I was disguising myself, but the name of the business at the time, this is back in the summer of 2015, was Chasing Dreams and Littles. So it was for mom business owners. And, and I, I had a two-year-old at the time. I shortly after became pregnant with baby number two. And that was kind of the life that I was wanting to live. I was still working for my dad at the time. I had, when I had my daughter, I went back to work for my dad. I had originally helped him start his business back in 2004. And in 2012, I went back to, to work with him. And I was like, I really want my own business. And so I started building this Instagram account and building a community of, of other moms who were either wanting to do that or were doing it and wanted to find those other like-minded people. So it was really about the community. It was not about me. So on Instagram, there was no pictures of me. I don't even think I had my name in the profile. <laughs> like okay. was, This is like wow. long Instagram stories. So it started as just this community. And then what I did is I created a Facebook group after maybe like four months, but I was growing fast on Instagram. I probably had five or 6,000 followers at that point. So within a few months, so it was growing fast. I started a Facebook group and, and that's when I started bringing people from Instagram into the Facebook group. And it was interesting because then they could see me, right? Cause I'm interacting in the group under my profile, but it still felt safe for me because it was a closed group. Right. And then, and I could see them because a lot of them also had branded businesses. So on Instagram, it was this weird thing where it was community, but it was like everyone interacting as their business. And so in the Facebook group, everyone could see each other's actual names and faces. And I do think that things started to, to take off a little bit more then. And, but I didn't start off by selling one-on-one services. I started off with a membership, which is not what I would recommend anybody else to do, but it's what I did. 
And so I did at the time I did a challenge and I always say, I'm like, I could spin the numbers and make it sound good. Like, Oh, I did this challenge with 300 people and we converted, you know, just about what? 10%. I think we had 29 members join, but the reality was I was making under a thousand dollars a month. Like this was not money that was going to allow me to leave this other job. Right. So, but it was a really good start. And yeah. And I was so at the time I had a coach and I was so, I guess insecure. I don't know how else to say it, that people were even going to join this membership and like, what were, what would they want from me or value could I give? Even though I was like director of marketing for all these companies that were paying me like good money. Right. But you know, you switch spaces and, and all of the insecurities pop up that I had hired a coach and I was like, will you do these coaching? Like, can we use one of my calls a month to, for my membership? And she was like, sure. And so so I had my coach on the calls with me for the membership. <laughs> like I didn't like even do the calls myself in the membership at first. It's hysterical. But that's super helpful to listen in on somebody else's business coaching call. So like, I mean, that could still work wonderfully me. for people. I know. No, she wasn't coaching me on the calls. She was there to help me coach the people. Because <laughs> I was oh, afraid. Oh, like, well, thank you, I'm coach. Like, oh. I'm like, oh, are they going to want just me on the calls? Like, I need this other person that, like, maybe more people know. And so I had her on the calls with me. And then after three months, I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, do a call myself. And I was so nervous. And everybody still came and it was awesome. And I was like, oh, like, why did I not think I was ready for this? You know, but, uh, but yeah, so it was a different way to grow a business. Um, certainly times have changed since then. And, but maybe not because what had happened was, is while this was all happening, I had paid to be part of a membership to learn about, you know, running a membership and all of these things. And, and through that, I'm asking questions, I'm sharing the ups and the downs, and this is happening and this happened. And people start, I start to build relationships and people start to notice like, wow, you're really growing on Instagram. What are you doing? And they started tagging me for questions related to Instagram. And I started getting asked to come on podcasts and talk about Instagram. And my mentors at the time, Jill and Josh Stanton with Screw the 9 to 5, asked me to go speak at their live event in San Diego about Instagram. And all of this stuff started happening. And I'm like, I never set out to be an Instagram expert. And part of me is like, I have like, maybe 8,000 followers at the time, right? Where there's like Instagram experts that have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. So I had massive imposter syndrome about it. But I was growing fast. And I, I did know what I was doing. And, and I leaned into it. And that was when I realized, wow, people, and then people started to pay me for it. I started doing done for you one-on-one -on -one consulting. And I had this membership. I'm st still wasn't making a thousand dollars a month yet. It took 10 months to get a, to get a comma, I say, <laughs> and the membership, maybe six months since it started, but since I had started the actual idea of the business 10 months, but this other business, this personal brand that happened by accident, it was like weeks. And, and I was charging $200 an hour and doing group coaching program. And that turned into a course and all of these opportunities just seeming to land on my lap. So that definitely made me pause and, and rethink my approach to things. And, and I realized I started connecting dots to back earlier in my career and, and how that had helped businesses that I was a part of before and, and realizing I just needed to get out of my own way and really step into that personal brand. Oh my gosh. I love that. I had no idea that's how you began. And that's freaking amazing because it makes for a tremendous story. Um, and it sounds like you and me actually started around the same time around similar circumstances. I also started 
in the summer of 2015 and my daughter was two and my son was just a few months old. Oh my goodness. We really did. I, I know. That. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I want to talk about you saying you had to get out of your own way. And this is something that I heard people say for a long time. And I never understood what it means. Like, what does it mean you're in your own way? Why would you be in your way if you want to build your business? Like, I just didn't understand what it meant. It didn't make any sense to me. And then, and I'll, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this is me getting in my own way. I have with, with my PR agency, Media Maven, I have a director of operations and it's basically her job to run the day to day. I'm copied on everything. I know what's going on. But it's her job to, you know, reply to emails, get on the phone with the team, get on the phone with clients if need be. And something that I do, and I'm getting better at, Robin, if you're listening, I apologize. I'm getting better at it. Like, I'll be in my inbox and I'll see something and it's for her to handle. Like, that's her job. And I'll just jump in and do it. And then she'll be like, and then she'll actually be responding at the same time and she'll handle it. And then she'll send me a Voxer like, stop it. That's my job. What are you doing? Is that me getting in my own way? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Because what should you be doing during those times when maybe Not you feel that. like you want to take on that, right? And I that's where I would say it's her getting toes. in your own way. Yes. So you're stepping on her toes. You're paying her to do this, right? And then you're using your time that you could be using for other high leverage things. The reason why you have her so you don't have to do those things, right? And, and doing that. And I'd say getting in our own way is going to look different for all of us. And it's different at different stages of business, right? Sometimes it's inaction that's causing us to get in our own way. We, oh, there's procrasta learners, right? Who just like, I need to know more. And they're constantly buying courses or listening to podcasts or audiobooks to, to understand more before they take any action where, you know, once you start taking action, you realize the clarity comes from the action. Before I started my business, I literally just listened to podcasts for six months trying to come up with an idea, trying to have the perfect plan. And it wasn't like until I actually ready started. To get ready. Yeah. To get ready. To exactly. Get ready to <laughs> overthinking it, overthinking everything. Yes. <laughs> like I probably put off starting my Instagram account by an entire month because I didn't know what name it should be. And as soon as I picked a name, it was the wrong name and I ended up having to change it. But I didn't know that until I started it. Right. And so, yeah, it can look like, you know, putting things off in that way. Oh, we all have different forms of self-sabotage. For me, one of my biggest forms of self-sabotage, which took me a while to learn, was when I need to be really focused on something. Let's say I'm doing a launch or like my energy is really needed to be channeled in one direction. There's something about like the pressure or the energy of that, like I need to be focused that just unlocks this next level of creativity in my brain. And I have all these ideas for new businesses and new and new courses <laughs> and, and new things to do. And it can be so distracting because I'm supposed to have my energy on one thing. And I'm like, oh, but this is a brilliant idea. And I used to let that pull me away and be like, well, I'm just going to spend a little bit of time on this. And now I know, okay, put those ideas in a parking lot. This is just a form of self-sabotage because my brain wants to protect me for whatever reason because this the situation feels risky and it's unlocking this creativity for me. So it can show up in so many different ways. Negative self-talk, um, imposter syndrome, comparing ourselves to others. There's so many different things that 
I kind of, it's like this, the waves, I don't, because I'm not going to say like these things happen early on in business and later on in business, you have these other things happen. Sure. There's certain things, especially involving a team and, and, and allowing that team to be able to take over responsibility and let go of some things that certainly are, you know, at different stages more common than maybe at earlier stages where people don't have a team, but it's really just anything in that mindset category that is, that is getting in the way of really you becoming who you're meant to be and fully stepping into that role, whether it's as, you know, CEO or entrepreneur or go-to gal or whatever that role is that you, you want to be in your business. And one thing that you help people with obviously is getting out of their own way, stop sabotaging themselves And one way that you suggest doing, and it's a great idea, but it's so hard for so many people to do because they're a bit too busy getting in their own way, is niching down. So talk about why this is helpful, not just to get out of your own way, but also just in business in general. Yes. So I would say that niching down and really getting known for one thing is is a, is a business strategy, right? However, when you really dig down into why most people don't do it, it's fear. Mm-hmm. And they know they're, they're doing a whole bunch of things, or maybe they're serving a very wide range of clients. So when I say niching, it can be two, it can be one thing or two things. So you can niche down your area of expertise, the topic, or you can niche down who you are helping or for the fastest results, you niche down both, right? And you're, you're an expert at one specific thing for a specific audience, Pinterest for food bloggers, right? As opposed to online marketing for entrepreneurs. (laughs) And you can see where it's like when we're, when we're really broad with both, it's, it's really hard to know if someone's the right fit for you. I'll also say in our industry right now, the more people who are seeing this opportunity to have a business online, the more quote unquote crowded the space gets. And that situation more than ever is more time to really refine what it is you do and who you help because that's how you stand out. When you're trying to be everything to everyone, you literally end up being no one, no, no one to no one. Right. It's, it's interesting to see. I, so I do not, I like to use this example because, um, I don't teach Instagram anymore. Um, but getting down to the heart of it, the reason why my Instagram strategy was working back in the day was, was brand strategy, right. With a little bit of hashtag knowledge and things like that, but I still know a lot about Instagram. And I also have a client who helps me with my Instagram, who's amazing at Instagram and my cousin, who's a hairstylist, was telling me she wanted help with Instagram. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, anytime you want to talk about it, give me a call or, you know, I can introduce you to Jillian and, you know, like she's got this challenge, go try the challenge. It's free. And, and she was like, okay, okay. And then a couple of weeks later, she tells me that she bought a course that was Instagram for hairstylists. And I was like, of course she did. Right. So here she was, she could have picked my brain for free. She's my cousin and she's sitting there doing my hair. She could ask me questions all she wants. She could have tried this other thing, but she wanted to learn from the person who didn't just know Instagram, but who knew it for her exact situation. And that's what we're finding right now is people want that extra confidence that the people they're going to hire, the people they're going to learn from don't just know the topic, but they have that extra layer of context where they know 
who they're serving to. And the more you can show that to the people that you want to help, the more they're going to feel connected to you and they're going to feel more confident in, in, in buying whatever it is that you're selling. No, that's totally true. And I think as, I think as business owners, it's hard because you feel like if you don't, I mean, I I'm speaking for myself. You feel like sometimes if you don't niche down, it's like you're turning away business. But then when yeah. you see something like that, like Instagram for hairstylists, you know, oh my gosh, if I were a hairstylist, I would buy that in a second because it's exactly for me. But like you act on that stuff when you see it because it's exactly for you. But it's hard. Like with my agency, we've talked about niching down and we're like, okay, we're going to niche down and this is going to be our niche. But then people come to us that aren't in the niche. And I know like if we can help them, we'll help them. We're not going to say no. But there is that fear of like, oh, well, I don't want to count anybody out. But then when we decided on our niche and we were like, look, if people come to us, fine. If we can help them, we'll help them. But like our outbound efforts, it's going to be this niche. And it makes it so much easier when it comes to outreach and marketing because you know exactly where to go and you know exactly who to talk to and you know exactly how to talk to them. So it, it doesn't really stop people from coming to you. Um, Mm -hmm. for example, um, I just started running a funnel, a sales funnel on Facebook for podcast clout, my new business and the person running that funnel, she does Facebook ads for dentists. And that's her niche. It's Facebook ads for dentists. But I know her personally. We're in the same mastermind. And she helps other people besides dentists. Like she's helping me. But all of her marketing on all of her social media, on her podcast, it's all about sales funnels for dentists. She can still help me. But all of her marketing is for dentists. So she knows exactly where to go, exactly who to target. And it makes it super easy for her. I think I know who you're talking about too. Is and that's part of the <laughs> I thought, is it Anissa? Is that how you say it? Is there an N? Alyssa. Alyssa. No. Oh, no, I guess Maybe it's there are else. two people who do Facebook oh, channels for okay. dentists. <laughs> I mean, hey, people, names. there's a lot of dentists out there. They need there are, more there than what. No, but, but it is hard. It is hard for people because they do feel like they're limiting themselves. But really, you're not. Totally. Well, and that's where the mindset gets in the way, right? Of like, well, if I'm going to really own this, it's the one, who am I saying, who am I saying no to? And I love your example because it's right. It's, it's more of a marketing strategy. There's two layers to this, right? Especially for newbies, I would say. So yes, it is primarily a marketing strategy. So you're going to have other people that are still going to come to you. And if you still want those clients, then absolutely you can take them on. It's just more of like when you're trying to market yourselves as as everything to everyone, you you don't stand out as that go-to authority, right? Now I will say for people that are newer, that are still trying to learn their expertise, that are still trying to fully step into like, okay, I'm really the expert at something. One, if you're offering a million different services, you're not really giving yourself an opportunity to refine your expertise with any of them, right? So you're spreading your own skills really thin. But when you narrow that down to say, okay, I'm only going to focus on this type of work and for this type of client, literally every client you have makes you more valuable for the next client. 
And that is so powerful, not just as the marketing strategy, but as that like sharpening your own sword, if you will, or knife. I don't know what the expression is, but you're not just getting known as that person, but you're also giving yourself the opportunity to really become the the like best expert there is at that because you're going to know that client and their needs so well and that area of ex- expertise where if you're trying to do a million different things or serve a million different clients, it's almost like you're starting from scratch each time. Now, I have a question for people who maybe they're like, they're like, you know, I'm talking about they want to niche down, they're trying to niche down, but maybe they don't have any clients in that particular niche. At what point do you start changing the copy on your website to say you work with this kind of person? And what if somebody, what if that kind of person comes to you and they say, oh, well, who else have you helped? And you haven't helped that kind of person yet because you don't have those clients yet, but that's where you want to niche. Like, how do you make the change from not niche to niche. And then how do you let people know, Hey, this change is happening. This is a really good question. So let's use a specific example. Can you think of, it doesn't have to be like a specific actual person, but can you think of a, okay, it'll be you. Okay. Jacqueline, I'm going to, I'm going to treat this podcast episode like my private coaching session (laughs) with you right now. I okay. literally just did this. I, I had someone on my podcast talking about procrastination <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, tell me more. And at one point she's like, can I give you some coaching here? I'm like, have at it. Oh, so yes, I am here. I am here to help. Okay. So tell me your, your situation here. What types okay. of clients are you serving or do you want to be serving? Okay. Well, we're going to switch businesses. We're going to go to my lifestyle blog, Christina all day, because Ooh, I okay. am, I am in the middle of a rebrand right now, sprucing up the website going to create a new logo, all new colors, all the fun things. And right now it's all over the place. I got recipes. I got fun things to do in South Florida. I got, you know, my skin treatments. I got mom stuff all over the place. And what I want to do is make it niched into something that is focused on working moms or moms who own businesses with kids at home and they don't feel any mom guilt. So basically like this is how you run a house. This is how you run a business and this is how you do it happily without feeling any kind of mom guilt. So I got 300 blog posts on christinaallday.com now. They're all kind of all over the place. How do I make this switch? I mean, I'm obviously, I'm going to wait till the website is all done and up and running and pretty. And I'll probably, I'm going to guess, have some very clear font or copy at the top that says, you know, this is for working moms or moms in business with kids. You don't feel guilty about a damn thing type of situation on the homepage. But tell me, tell me what to do. Okay. Well, I'm so glad we're using a specific example because without this example, I would have said, okay, let's not niche to something to a client that you don't already have, right? Some people are like, I want to serve this like random population. And I've seen this happen where people like a 23 year old who doesn't have kids is seeing all of these other businesses market to moms. And they're like, oh, well, I should have moms as my ideal client. And then it just doesn't, it doesn't land for them, right? Because they don't truly understand it or they've ever worked with moms before and they just have like picked a random niche. Now, sometimes it takes picking the random niche and going and doing it to figure out, okay, these are who my people really are. So for other people in this scenario, I would say if there is a niche that you think you really want to serve, 
Or if there's a topic that you really want to start refining down to, just start like the people just go find them, right? Instead of just like putting it out there and seeing like, no, ask everyone, you know, do you know someone who fits this profile? Or I want to work with course creators, or I want to work with interior designers, go talk to some interior designers before you claim it as like, that's going to be your niche, right? So with you, you know, this market, well, you are this market, right? And this is a blog. It's not a, you're not working one-on-one with clients. So in this scenario, well, I do a absolutely. little bit with that. Oh, do so you? So what does that well, look like? Yeah. So with Christina all day, I do, I work on sponsored content. Um, whether that be on my blog, whether I put content together for them, I share on my social media. This is a side hustle. This isn't the full-time thing. This is like the fun family thing. You yeah. know, we get like the fun trips to Disney and different things like that. Um, I, all of the TV hosting that I do, it's always with some kind of mom angle and my kids and my family are involved. So it is a money maker, but it hasn't been my main focus. Cause that's where media maven has been now. That's where podcast clout is, but I do want to give it a little bit more love than it's been getting. So that's why I want to be more focused with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love what you were saying about, okay, on the homepage, it's going to say these things like, yes, definitely. I would talk about yourself as if, if the overarching theme is going to be like living this life and not having mom guilt, I would put that into even how you introduced yourself and the blog itself, you know, or this is a mom guilt free zone or something, or, you know, play around with it. So I would really make sure that that is like well known right on the homepage and possibly even, you know, if someone's just going to come and land on a, on a random blog post, they're going to, you know, maybe see that somewhere in a sidebar too, or the header on the blog somewhere where that's really you're bringing people in and, and making sure that they know that that is a big overarching theme. But I would sit down and look at what topics have you talked about that do serve this audience already? Where do they seem like they're interested or want to learn more where you could expand on things more and then maybe talk to some of your other friends or, or maybe clients in other businesses that do fit this profile and just start to see what kind of content they're looking for? What are they struggling with? What do they want to learn about? Especially right now, so much has changed for working moms or moms with businesses, right? That there's a lot of new struggles that have popped up. And I think that's a big opportunity for new content to be created, right? There's probably lots of new searches going on and, and there could be a big opportunity with that. So just leaning into how do I talk to that, to that woman and really call her in. I love that. Okay, good. This well, is and I could I can expand on it a little bit too because it, oh, it sounds like there's a lot going, of opportunity. I, <laughs> I am taking this free coaching for all, um, all I can. Keep going. It honey. sounds like there's it sounds like there's opportunity there too with collaboration. So who else is serving that niche, and and what opportunities are there for you to collab? Whether it's on the blog itself or on social media, but where could you be sharing audiences and really getting in front of like let's say right. Right now, maybe you have a portion of your audience that fits this profile. Who already has an audience that is mostly this audience, right? And how can you work together? And maybe it's just you going on a podcast, or maybe it's you being a part of a summit, or maybe it's you hosting a summit and bringing people like that together or doing an Instagram 
oh collaboration where you know there's a giveaway and and everyone's following everyone involved but who else has that similar audience and how could you get creative to get yourself in front of like where those people already are oh my gosh okay you brought up hosting a summit I have never hosted a summit I have only been like in them or on them with other people I have a good friend who hosts summits and oh my gosh, it sounds like so much freaking work. Have you ever hosted a summit? I haven't hosted a summit, no, but I have thought about it for myself before. Oh, but here's the thing. It, you can also just be a part of them if, if it's the right audience, right? And the key here is you want to refine to that, to that working mom, that mom who's kind of feeling all that mom guilt and trying to juggle all of this. So it's just like, where is she already hanging out? And with the blog, you have the benefit of SEO. But I think if you can layer that with, okay, what else can I do? And you're already leveraging the media. So I think you can lean more into that of like, okay, what media opportunities are coming up that that you can tie this message in and lead people back to the blog, you know? But yeah, you have a lot going on. So maybe a summit is too much, but you also have a team. So they might be able to help you systematize it. That's true. My team is for Media Maven. My team is for Podcast Clout. Christina All Day is still kind of, and maybe this is why it hasn't gotten a lot of love and hasn't been niched down and it's just kind of been like a free-for-all lifestyle blog. It's just because it's been just me like in my free time with the kids and we do whatever. But I have made a a conscious decision. A lot of my media contributing that I do, like I did Inc., Fast Company, and and, um, it was very business-focused, very media marketing-focused. And then I went to Boss Babe, which was females in business. So now I want, I think I want some kind of, I mean, Boss Babe would work, um, but something more focused on women and moms in business. So I'm kind of, I'm starting to niche down with the contributor role and something that I am going to start doing. Almost all of the podcasts that I've been on, and I've been on a lot, it's all been about marketing and media and all of that. I think I'm going to try more parenting podcasts and just talk about the no mom guilt thing, because I don't, I don't, I don't know how you feel Jacqueline, but I have never once. And I've been, and I have done things that like people will try to mom shame me for. And it just does not work. Like my kids in daycare, my kids having formula and not breast milk, me piercing my daughter's ears when she was an infant, like trust the strangers on the internet will come for you for doing those things. I never cared. I never, I never gave a shit. And Kate Middleton, a few months ago, she gave some interview and she said, if any mom tells you, if any working mom tells you they don't feel mom guilt, they're lying. And I'm like, no, bitch, you're lying. I have never felt guilty for anything. (laughs) So I feel like, like I'm not trying to be a self-help person. I'm like the opposite of that. If you've ever heard me speak, but I just like, I feel like it's, it's, a crazy thing that moms feel guilty for every little freaking thing they do. Like, here's your food, but I feel so guilty working to pay for it. Like it just, I just don't get it. Okay. So don't get mad at me, but I think, I think you are in self-help with this, but in a different way than maybe <laughs> you're seeing it. Right. It's, tough it's like, love. <laughs> right. And it's, but it's, it's refreshing. And I think that's what people want in self-help. There's always the same people saying the same things over and over again. It's like, the whole idea of like, wait, but but everyone's telling us that we should have mom guilt. So just the idea that 
it doesn't have to exist at all. Like that in and of itself is, is new. Right. And, and I think that's really exciting for people to be like, Oh, so I could just totally get rid of this. Like this could just be some preconceived notion that I was kind of told I had to feel guilty about stuff and I don't have to, that's an option. And you invite people into this whole new experience. I I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I really, I don't feel mom guilt a lot, but I have definitely had it in waves, but I also, my, my mom is, is Jewish and my dad is Roman Catholic. And so I was basically just raised with like a lot of guilt in, in general. <laughs> it's a lot oh of cultural guilt. <laughs> There's a lot of guilt going on. Um, of like, oh, my mom be like, I haven't seen you in forever. I'm like, mom, it was, I saw you last like Wednesday, you know, it's like, it feels like forever. Um, oh, or, you know, things so, like funny. That. so you were one of those kids that like hit the jackpot around Hanukkah and Christmas. Oh yes. Yes. And, and my kids hit the jackpot too. Yes. We, yes. That's we celebrated amazing. All. Um, yes. But, um, but that said, I'm with you and I don't know, my daughter was a preemie and, so we had to really make tough decisions and do things very differently than everyone else around us. Um, you know, during that time that where we became parents, we became parents like through a pretty, you know, traumatic experience. And so I feel like even with doctors, I had to be like, no, I know best. And that was really uncomfortable. But in those first couple of months, there were things that I just knew that I did not feel like were being done the right way or there was a better approach that I was even, you know, having to challenge medical staff on. Right. And I think that gave me the confidence of just like, oh no, like whether, whatever it is like in this, in this home, in this parenthood, like I don't, I'm not always right, certainly, but um, but I think I just like from the get go because of that really, I don't know, was, felt very confident in my decisions. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you for the, um, coaching call today and for coming on my podcast. Wait, I have one more thing I have to add oh, to that. Okay. You Honey, was keep it going. <laughs> well, because I, I see this and I think that other people that have multiple businesses or even that are looking, you know, with multiple offers to always see like, where's the through line? Where, where can there be connection? And I realize, you know, maybe there's things with your team where they, you know, this is separate and whatnot, but I bet a lot of your clients and these other business also fit the profile of who you want reading Christine every day. And maybe you could be featuring them there and there's some type of, and I just, I'm seeing like maybe there's some way you can bring these together where they're really supporting each other and kind of funneling to each other in different ways while also keeping them separate. You may want to look into that. Like where's the yeah. through line? Where's the bridge with what you already have? That totally makes sense. Like media maven and podcast clout, like podcast clout was created to help media maven. And it just so happens to help every other PR agency and people who want to get on podcasts too. Like that's totally, totally in alignment. And yes, there's, there's so much overlap. It's like when people ask me what I do, like, well, what do you do exactly? I'm like anything under the media umbrella. Like I can host TV. I can get you on TV. I can write a script for TV. Like it all overlaps. Like it's all, it's all relative. So this has been awesome. You're amazing. Um, you're amazing too. I'm excited to see where all of this goes. And I don't know who your niche is for the PR, but I like with like collaborations for Christina all day, those could be in the clients, right? If people are always, if they're seeing you in the media, they're going to be like, how did you do that? And you're like, well, actually I have an agency for this. Exactly. So I can see this all as they all grow, they all help each other. Right? Yes, 
exactly. And that's how I get, that's how I get almost all of my clients, honest to God, is they're like, oh, you were here. How'd you get there? I want to be there. And I'm like, well, let's help with that. So that's awesome. So people can find you on the go-to gal podcast. I have been there before. It's amazing. Where else can people find you and find out more about you if they um, want their own little coaching session with you like I did? <laughs> well, you can go to JacquelineMalone.com. And am I allowed to share a free resource? Please do. All right. So I have this 30 days of authority building guide. And it's it goes through actually 30 different things you can do. And we work through my whole authority armor framework. So some of those things are strategic, some are mindset. And and if you do those things every day, you're going to start really building that snowball of authority. And it's never really a destination, right? It just you just keep growing over time. But it's a really great way to start building that momentum. And you can grab that for free at JacquelineMalone.com forward slash plan. Awesome. I'm going to put that in the show notes because Jacqueline's first name and last name are spelled funny. I'm not going to lie. They You're going to spell them no. wrong if you try. So I'm going to put <laughs> one them in of those the names that get you. It's like you think you know how to spell it and you really don't. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to put it in the show notes and make it easy for y'all. Um, Jacqueline, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tap that subscribe button. Leave me a positive rating or a review if you like what you are hearing. And if you have not done that yet, I really appreciate it. You can find me on social at Christina All Day. If you talk to me, I talk back. I promise. Thank you for listening. And I will see you again next week for another episode of the Become a Media Maven podcast.